All right. So this week, I have the great joy of presenting the Word of God to you, and so I don't want to uh, waste much time. So last week, we had the joy of hearing from Tate how Christ is our great burden carrier. He carried the weight of our eternal burden, the weight of our sin. And now I have the great privilege of talking about how we are able to bear each other's earthly burdens. As you look around this room, I'm sure that each and every person sitting in these seats uh, comes here with some sort of a burden today, whether that be uh, the loss of a close friend or a loved one. Uh, you just received a terrible diagnosis or your friend did. Maybe it's just the weight of uh, the stress of school and a busy schedule. We all have some form of burden that we carry. And each and every one of these burdens matter. And they are heavy and they weigh us down. But I have great news to bring to you this morning. You and I have a God who desires to see our burdens carried and who has given us the means to be relieved of this weight on our shoulders. My hope is that as we walk out of these doors today, each of us would understand, either for the first time or more deeply, that there is a way for these burdens to be relieved. Whether you are struggling to bear the burdens of another or you yourself have need of someone to bear your burdens. I want you to know that we have a Savior who gives us the free offer to cast our eternal burdens at his feet, and he has left us with the great gift of community where we can bear and cast our earthly burdens. So I hope you would all agree that this is an important topic, so let's get right into the text. We're going to be looking at Galatians 6, verses 2 and 3, so if you have your Bibles or your phones, I would invite you to open there. So Galatians 6, 2, and 3. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So, as I previously stated, uh, we're doing a sort of part two from last Friday's teaching. Tate taught out of Matthew 11, where we see Christ say that all of those who are weary and heavy laden can come to him, and he will give them rest. We see that Christ has borne our eternal burden of sin and shame. He is the great burden carrier. And now, because Christ has borne our burdens, we are able to bear the burdens of one another. So as we spend this morning looking at Galatians 6, my hope is that we can all walk out of chapel with an understanding that because Christ has borne the burden of our sin, we are now able to humbly bear one another's burdens in order to fulfill the law of Christ. So we will move to our first point, which we get right from Galatians 6.2, which is to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. As we seek to understand what this passage means and what it has to teach us, we must define three terms that we find here. First is burdens. What are burdens? What does that look like? What does it mean to bear one another's burdens? And then what is this language of the law of Christ that we fulfill by bearing each other's burdens? So first, let's look at what Paul means when he uses the word burden. John Calvin defined the word burden from Galatians 6 as the weaknesses and sins under which we groan. The word used here in Galatians is the very same word used in Matthew 20 to describe the burden that the workers in the vineyard carried during their hard day of work. The word burden carries with it the idea of something that is pushing down against us. So on top of weaknesses and sins that Calvin puts forward, the burdens we face in our life can include things like anxiety, stress, relational pain, mistrust, 
anger. Burdens are the sins, weaknesses, and weights that push down against us. And the effect of these burdens is that we often will feel tired and worn out and depleted. So when we hear the word burden, I'm sure it doesn't take long, of us, long for us to think of something in our lives that is weighing us down. We all worry, we all stumble, we all strain under the weight of seemingly unbeatable sin, we all grieve and we all mourn and we all falter. If you take a look around this room, you will not find a single person who is not currently carrying a burden. But brothers and sisters, I have great news for you. All of you who are tired and who are burdened, first we have a Savior who calls you to cast your burdens upon him. But not only that, you have been given the wonderful ability to lean on your community that God has placed in your life. And the greatest gift that God has given us on this earth is his church, a community of believers who are united by and around the work of Christ. In fact, Galatians is a letter written to the church of Galatia. It is written to a community of believers. This command to bear one another's burdens is not just to an individual, but to the whole church. It is a call for the whole church to care for one another. We can have great comfort in knowing that there are people around us who will be there for us and struggle through various burdens with us. But we must remember that we are a piece of that community and we must also bear the burdens of those around us. So the most immediate burden that is talked about in Galatians 6 is actually found right in Galatians 6, 1, uh, where Paul writes, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. The burden that the church of Galatia is called to bear is the burden of their brothers and sisters who have fallen into sin and transgression. And the way that Galatia bears this burden is not by passively accepting it. They're not commanded to just say, oh, I'm really sorry that you're going through that. That sounds like a really tough time. But instead, they are called to positive action towards working to restore their brother in a spirit of gentleness. So with all of this being said, we're going to use the definition of burdens, that burdens are the sins, weaknesses, and weights that push down against us. And taking on these weights that push down against someone is not a simple task. So this moves us to our definition of what it means to bear one another's burdens. The literal meaning of the word bear is to take up or to carry. We see the picture of bearing another's burdens as doing the work to take upon yourself that which was not originally yours to carry. To bear another's burdens requires that you give up your own comfort and ease for the sake of another. This is not an easy call, and we will often struggle to step in and bear the burdens of our brothers and sisters. But when we struggle to bear one another's burdens, we have a perfect model to look to. Jesus Christ is the perfect picture of what it means to bear another's burdens. Jesus humbled himself. He took upon himself the weight of our sin and shame. He took the punishment that we deserve. He carried what was not his to carry, showing us the perfect image of self-sacrificial burden carrying. And this self-sacrificial nature of bearing another's burdens will lead us into our third definition. So we're going to look at what it means that in bearing another's burdens, we can fulfill the law of Christ. So Paul's command in Galatians comes with this reward, with this goal to strive after. 
He says, we bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. So what does this mean? Is Paul laying upon us another set of rules to follow or a new law? In fact, does not Paul in chapter five of Galatians state that we are called to freedom? So as we seek to understand what the law of Christ means, we'll go back to Galatians 5, looking at verses 13 and 14. And Paul writes, For you were called to freedom, freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So what we gather from this is that Uh, The law of Christ is simply defined as loving your neighbor as yourself. And in fact, this passage from Galatians 5 points back to what Christ himself said in Matthew 22. Jesus proclaimed that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And a second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and prophets. So we see that this is of great importance that we love one another. Christ says it is the second greatest thing only to loving God, our creator and our savior. So we're gonna take these definitions and we're gonna rephrase our original point. So we can say that we are to take upon ourselves the weaknesses and needs of others that are not originally ours to bear in order to fulfill God's great command to love our neighbors as ourselves. So we see that we're to bear each other's burdens to fulfill the law of Christ. And now we move to our second point, that as we bear one another's burdens, we are to do so in all humility. Verse three states, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. As we seek to love one another by bearing each other's burdens, we must do so in all humility, just as our Savior was humble. Let me encourage you to walk in this sort of humility by pointing back to Galatians 5, and 23. I'm sure most of us are familiar with this passage. It is the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruit of the Spirit shows us what, the, what kind of character is produced in those who are indwelt by the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit of God that allows us to bear this fruit. It is the Spirit of God that regenerates our hearts and gives us hearts of flesh in place of our hearts of stone. Because of this, we can now do good and bear fruit by the power of the Spirit. So we must not deceive ourselves into thinking that we can bear each other's burdens by our own strengths. This wonderful truth ought to move us towards humility as we seek to bear each other's burdens out of gratitude for the work that Christ has done on our behalf. But often, I know at least I can find myself uh, taking pride and taking credit for bearing each other's burdens whether that's through quiet self-exaltation of just thinking, man, I'm such a great person for helping this person who's struggling. Sometimes they can come across as loud boasting of saying, wow, everybody, look at me. I'm such a good friend to these people. People trust me. People bring their issues to me. Why is it that the sin of pride is so often the greatest enemy of faithful burden carrying? As we look to verse three, note how the person who thinks they are something in this passage is actually described as being nothing. Clearly, prideful bearing of one another's burdens is a foolish endeavor. So how are we to bear one another's burdens? Instead of this prideful bearing, 
we are best off to follow the words of Paul from Philippians when he writes, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. We must be a people marked by love and humility. We cannot lovingly bear the burdens of another if we are doing so out of pride. This piece of humility is vital to bearing one another's burdens in a way that fulfills the law of Christ. So as we move towards a conclusion, uh, let us remember that because Christ has borne the burden of our sin, we are now able to humbly bear one another's burdens in order to fulfill the law of Christ. We are to be a people marked by humility and love, by a willingness to step into the pain and the mess of our neighbors and to take their burden upon ourselves. We are called to be active participants in our communities, both here and in our church and in our families. Think of a time when you've had your burdens carried, when you've been going through something that is so terrible that you cannot handle it by yourselves. Now think of the person that stepped into your life, that bore that burden with you. Remember the feeling of that weight being lifted off of your shoulders, of the relief you felt to finally get a glimpse of air. This is the gift that we can offer one another. So remember that feeling of that weight being lifted off of your shoulders. This gift, through Christ alone, are we able to offer our communities. And they can offer this to you in return. But we have to ask ourselves when we look at this idea of burden carrying, why we so often fail to bear the burdens of our community. Why is it that we are afraid to allow those around us to support us and to bear our burdens? My friends, I would hope that it is abundantly clear that carrying each other's burdens is important both experientially in our own lives, but also as it is a command from God to bear each other's burdens. So why do we fail to be faithful in this task? I would like to put forward uh, four barriers that I, at least myself, have found uh, blocking me from bearing my friend's burdens. First, and I would say primarily, is the idea of selfishness. So often we fall into a self-centered and individualistic nature of our society. We live in a world that is focused on ourselves. And not only that, but we ourselves tell us that I am to do what's best for me. I am to do what will advance me in life, what makes me feel good, what makes me look good. Think of how often these thoughts come into your mind. I know I'm uh, rather embarrassed how often I think these thoughts. The first and the greatest barrier that prevents us from humbly bearing each other's burdens is ourselves. We are our greatest enemy in this endeavor. So ask yourselves, how is selfishness holding you back from bearing the burden of your brothers and sisters? Second, after selfishness, is this idea of fear. Often it can be intimidating to take a step into someone's life and say, how can I care for you? How can I bear this burden for you? But we are not called to a life of comfort. We must be willing to step courageously into all circumstances to love our neighbors as ourselves, to love our neighbors as Christ has loved us. Ask yourself, how is fear holding you back from bearing the burdens of your brothers and sisters?
Third, and this is something I, again, feel in my life, and we can see all around ourselves, is this uh, pattern of being closed off. Many of us here have great friend groups. We have those who are close to us who we can rely on, we can trust in. But this can often cause us to be closed off to large parts of the body. How might we miss those around us by only participating in the lives of those who are part of our in-group? We have this strange issue within Christianity of finding those who agree with us, those who make us feel good, those who have the same hobbies as us, make us feel accepted, and only spending time and intentional time with these people. But when we do this, we close ourselves off to the people sitting next to us who need their burdens to be carried, to our brothers and sisters who are in the same classrooms as us, sitting in the same pews as us. So how is being closed off holding you back from bearing the burdens of your brothers and sisters? And fourth, and this is probably the most prevalent in my life, is busyness. Many of us here are full-time students. We're working part-time. Some of us are working full-time on top of being full-time students. We want to be involved in our community here through different either sports or student organizations or activities. We want to be faithful to our local church and attend on the Lord's Day and serve throughout the week. We want to be intentional with our significant others, spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends. But if we examine our time, we must ask ourselves if we are truly being faithful contributors to our community. If I'm always so packed with things that I am receiving that I'm unable to have a conversation with a friend who just needs an ear to hear them, or I don't have the time to take two minutes to pray with a friend who's in need, then I must cut the things out of my life that are not contributing to my community. And often that means saying no to wonderful opportunities. But our call to community towards selfishness, selflessness is far greater than the enjoyment we might receive through these activities. So ask yourself, how is busyness holding you back from bearing the burdens of your brothers and sisters? Additionally, uh, there are various things that prevent us from allowing others to bear our burdens. This list includes pride. We're too uh, proud to let someone else know what we're struggling with. We don't want to be, feel humiliated or looked down upon. We have a lack of trust. Maybe the person I share this with will go behind my back. We have a fear of rejection that maybe I'll bring this burden to someone and they'll say, cool, and turn away from me. And this list goes on and on. We can all think of things in our lives that are stopping us from allowing others to bear our burdens. But we have a gracious God who has offered us a way to life apart from burdens. We must know that if we are faithful followers to Christ, we must be willing to both bear the burdens of others, but also allow our burdens to be carried. God has first given us Christ, who has borne our eternal burdens for us. But he has not only given us this, he has also given us the gift of community. He has given us the church and our friends and our families, where we can bear one another's burdens and have our burdens borne. To not bear and allow our burdens to be borne is a rejection of the wonderful gift that God has given us. So as we seek towards application for this message, I want you to all pull out either a piece of paper or a phone. Phone. I know all of you have at least one of those, a phone or a piece of paper. Open up your notes app. I'm gonna give you four steps 
to being an active member of a burden-bearing community. And I would hope that we all want to be a piece of this burden-bearing community. So hopefully you all have your note-taking device in front of you. So number one, look outside of yourself. Take one minute today, right now, and examine those in your life who need their burdens to be carried. Think of those that maybe aren't on your normal list. Think of maybe a classmate or uh, someone in your dorm, someone in your church that you haven't been connecting with that needs their burden carried. And write down a list of three people who need their burdens to be carried. So now that you have that list, uh, number two is to take the step to ask these three people today or tomorrow or Sunday how you can bear their burdens and commit for the next week to actively praying for these people about the burdens that they're carrying. And at the end of the week, connect with them again and see how you can continue to support them. Number three, humble yourself. Think of those in your life that you can trust to bear your burdens. Again, you're gonna write down a list of three people, uh, but now these are three people that you're going to talk to today and you're going to put your burdens in front of them and ask them to come alongside you and to bear your burdens. And then finally, as you're gonna take a next step today, go to these three individuals that you just wrote down and share your burdens with them. Ask them to walk alongside you as you work through whatever burden, however great or however small, is weighing you down. I pray that as we do these four steps, we might be active members of a burden-bearing community. Cornerstone, what might it look like if we commit to this task? What would it look like if we all committed to walking through these doors and saying, sorry, what if we all walked through the doors that say, come and die, come into community, and seek to be active members of a burden-bearing society? I have great hope that as we are able to step up to this task, that we as an academic community and in our local churches will be marked by a willingness to bear one another's burdens and allow our burdens to be carried. And all of this can be done because Christ has borne the burden of our sin and we are now able to humbly bear one another's burdens in order to fulfill the law of Christ. So as a final step of application, uh, I'm gonna pray in just a moment, but then I want you to turn to two or three people next to you. And I'm gonna ask all of you uh, to take a moment and to be vulnerable and put forward a burden that you are carrying. Allow those around you to bear that burden by praying with you, and in turn, you get to bear one another's burdens. This is a time when you can all mutually share your burdens and, carry, and care for your neighbors, love your neighbor as yourself, So I will pray and then you can step into that time. Father, thank you for the great gift of Christ who has borne our burdens. We carry these eternal burdens that no other person can carry but Christ. Thank you for our loving Savior who humbled himself to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thank you, Father, Uh, that we now, in light of this great gift that we've been given through Christ, can turn to one another and we can bear each other's burdens. I pray that we would be a people marked by humility and by love who seek to care for those around us, that we might put away these barriers that prevent us from bearing each other's burdens, 
that we might also humble ourselves enough to ask that our burdens can be buried, bared. Father, be with us as we now turn in prayer as a community uh, that we can be vulnerable and we can share our burdens with each other and with you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name, amen.